0: Hello, everyone. Today is uh, Tuesday, July twelfth, 2022. And this is Tell Me About Your Tech Job with me. I'm Tom Imboden, and uh, Associate Professor at SIU. It's part of our summer ITech350 course, which I'm calling Real World IT Seminar. We've been joined by quite a few uh, IT professionals, technology experts, all sorts of them. And um, We are going to talk to one of my former students, Nan Lee, uh, today, and Nan has been out in the industry for over a decade now. Um, Lost touch with him, but then got back in touch with him through social media and and just reaching out, I think, a couple of years back. So excited about that. And and if there's one thing um, that I remember, you know, Nan, you were one of the very first students I ever had to teach. I ever had... The joy of teaching, I should say. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll say a little anecdote. If I remember this correctly, you were the one, the only student who has ever done something in a lab that caused network engineering to shut off our ports and come and yell at me. And I think you were port scanning in one of the class labs in two hundred eight. I think we had traced it back to you. Does this sound familiar? Uh, yeah, I was uh,
1: doing some scans to trigger the uh, snort servers probably.
0: Okay. And they snuck out onto (laughs) campus and
1: campus was,
0: yep. So, so since then, nothing like that, that I can recall has happened and everybody lives happily ever after so far, but uh, that's the type of stuff we, we, we do. And and that was a lot of fun that, that, that first semester, as I was learning about teaching and uh, learning what it was like teaching college students and especially um tech college students being that I had been working in IT and now was starting brand new in, in, in and and teaching and and fast forward now it's been 14 years um and we're both on you know uh, have a lot of time between now and then and a lot of things we've done and I want to hear about that Nan but first um I'd like you just to introduce yourself tell us about yourself besides your tech career tell us what you like to do where you're from that kind of thing give us a little bit of who is Nan
1: Sure, so uh, my name is Nan Li, uh, as Tom uh, introduced earlier, and uh, I originally came from China. So I moved here when I, I think I, I was an eighth grade drop-in. So I came here, dropped into eighth grade, went to high school, did uh, Cisco Networking Academy uh, in high school. Uh, fortunately, uh, that program is gone now because uh, the CPS, Chicago Public Schools, um budget uh, and whatnot um so uh then i met bell uh woodworth which is which was one of the professors here uh, here at siu she's got one more year with us right okay so so i met her back at uh marine valley community college when i was going there for my associates um uh, in cisco networking And she was doing training there and I was a lab assistant. So I helped maintain the lab during that time. And I was was also attending that class. So I got invited to come to SIU to further my studies. I graduated, I've been to SIU. I did, I did, uh, I did the thing. (laughs) You earned (laughs) Uh, that paper. I earned that paper. I met Tom there. Tom was just starting, uh, that it was his uh, first year. And, uh, and then I've been on to got a job with a uh, MSSP, a managed security service provider. Um, also, worked with some of the people I know from Marine Valley Community College. So, this shows you how small the world is uh, in right. the industry.
0: And, and it also talks about the importance of, of getting to know your fellow students and networking for future opportunities. It's, it's a huge, right. you know, Salukis help salukis that's one thing i know for sure is a is a pretty constant um what do you like to do outside of uh technology what's what do you do for your hobbies and fun i got the picture of you from your linkedin which i put on your page in our class it's you. looks like you're hiking
1: uh yep i was uh, that picture was from the grand canyon um so that was one that was one of the days that i was there uh then i actually went down to, to the uh, Havasu sioux falls uh, the Indian village down in the valley. Okay. So we hiked down there and we hiked back up. Uh, it was very, very <laughs> tiring. I imagine because uh, yeah, it was like an eight-mile hike to the uh, down into the valley to the village uh, over uh, soft sand and gravel. Uh, you had to carry I mean. everything with you: food, uh, cloth, clothing, and supplies and whatnot. Okay um yeah but Not a cool anyways, experience yeah it's great experience so i like to go hiking when i can uh, i like to do some road trips i play the guitar a little bit and i also go mountain biking
0: oh neat hey if you are ever back down or passing through uh siu touch of nature now has some pretty sweet mountain biking trails
1: Oh really? Um, okay. And they're actually,
0: yeah, they just started opening up like a last, last summer and I've been on them uh, a bunch of times and they've got all different types and all varieties and levels of difficulty. You should, you should look it up and check it out. It's the SIU touch of nature. And they, they've had a race series that have been, has been going on this summer. That's too. great. Yeah. I,
1: I, you know, I, when I was at SIU, that wasn't there.
0: Um, yeah. It's just a couple of years yeah. old, but it's really neat. They've really done a lot yeah. to it. And I think, I think they're
1: making it even bigger. Yeah. So, so yeah, so do a little bit about mountain biking. And then, um, and that's pretty much it. There's just too much hobby, hobby to go into and and every, every single one of them costs a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thankfully you're in a career field that pays. Okay. Yeah.
0: So tell us about what you did after school. Now, when you were in school here at at SIU, were you working at all? Were you a student uh, worker?
1: Yes, uh, I actually worked for a network engineering department for okay. a semester, uh, and then I worked at the network security department for the summer for an internship. Okay. Was uh, that also, was, worked... was that with
0: Kurt? Was that when Kurt was yeah. back there?
1: Awesome. Yep. Kurt. Kurt was the 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 leader. Uh, he is very smart. Learned a lot from him. Yes. Uh, Talked about port scanning. Yeah, I was doing port scanning there uh, for the whole school too. <laughs> So um I remember back then uh it was the uh, DNS uh, vulnerability that uh uh Kaspersky or wherever that uh yeah. security guy
0: Kaspersky was. Kaspersky
1: or Dan Kaminsky. Uh, uh yeah, they they found a DNS vulnerability. So I was scanning the network to find all of the DNS server on the network to see what version they're running. So we can contact the owner and have them do software upgrades.
0: And that's an important thing is, I mean, you've got a a big DNS, if I remember right, it allows you, it allowed an attacker to poison DNS so that a DNS server that you trusted would give you false information, maybe leading you over to a malicious site or a compromised site. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that speaks a little bit to just um, the state of campus. And this is to fill you in. It also kind of explains some things to people because. I find interesting, you know, back back then campus was full of different little islands of of IT, you know, they there was a decentralized IT where, you know, the people in one college had their own IT folks and sometimes they'd run their own servers and they'd do it this way or use these operating systems. Another college might use Unix operating systems and there was not even really a, a an oversight in terms of who was in charge of security or who was appointed that role at the time. And so I yep. got to see as SIU evolved and security became more and more important, how they officially put people in that role with that title. Um, over the years, SIU has done a fantastic job, I think, in, in centralizing IT and standardizing and requiring compliance with security and policy um, to improve just you know r- r- uh, protection of private private data and that type of thing. So it's been yep. neat to watch. So so you cut your teeth at SIU. Helping with the security team, network engineering, kind of common, common thing that theme that runs through uh the the, the program here is students working with NetEng and and other campus.
1: Um so it is definitely is a is unique uh, unique uh experience because uh you know, as a student worker, uh you go and figure out, oh hey, that uh What's the building that's uh right proof uh that's in the middle of the uh the campus i forget the name senior uh student center no no it's the building next Vayner? to the student center yeah, yeah so trying to trying to get in there trying to figure out how to get through the building and find all the closets you know that's a whole interesting story too
0: and and that's another running theme across campus is how do you find your way into fainer hall and how do you get out without you know, wandering around lost for a half an
1: hour. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. Um, Yeah. And one of the other interesting thing I I was doing was I was, uh, John Daly was still here as a network engineer. Um, he he retired since, but, uh, me and him was running around between the uh, facilities, like the, the the building that does the uh, the maintenance on the vehicles and whatnot, and the power plants Mm -hmm. and the uh, uh, agricultural building. Like the thing that's across the street from from Casa. Um, Yeah. So we're trying to figure out why they're getting a lot of collisions on the network. And turns out like we're missing the part where they have the uh, fiber uplink connected to a hub.
0: Okay. So they were they were going through an old school hub which does nothing for collisions. In fact, encourages collisions to an extent. Yeah.
1: So yeah, we spent like hours that afternoon just like trying to figure out what the problem is. We swap like the, the fiber links and and whatnot, and still still that same issue. So while John was talking to the guys over there in the office, I was looking around. And I was like, "What in the world is that?" And that that's the fiber a, links connected to.
0: Heck yeah, because that's then that's one where I mean we we we've seen the shift in remote. You've you've seen how everything's going remote today, but you right. would not have been able to figure that out without being on premises because those old devices did not have any management capability. They basically received ones and zeros and shot ones and zeros out. No way Pretty of much. knowing it was there unless you found it pat, pat, uh, patched into your your network. So that's, uh, you know, that speaks to why there still has to be people on site to be able to, you know, physically see and work with things at times. Correct. Um, so let's let's fast forward. Good time here at SIU. Um, you get your degree, you earn that paper. What do you do when you graduate, SIU Nan? I've been on vacation. <laughs> okay, and <laughs> but now yeah, so
1: well earned, well deserved vacation, I'm sure. Yeah, so I got got in touch with some of my buddies uh, back uh, from uh, Marine Valley. Uh, I was like, applying for jobs uh, at the time. The security field's not super hot, right? So uh and it's gotten very hot right now uh because because the world's changed right so exactly uh, yeah so i've been to a company called SecureWorks, uh which was later bought out by dell Um, so i was there as a security analyst basically i sit there analyze logs from all kinds of devices on the network um and determine if there's a potential breach or a compromise
0: okay so uh, that's you know a couple of things one you talk about early on 2009 2010 2011 yeah. the security was part of it it was a technology it was a technology field but it wasn't ingrained into everything like it is today and i think a lot of that was because there hadn't been so many bad things happened yet right um, so right. much ransomware so much you know
1: private data being stolen um that yeah, so a lot of companies a lot of companies outsource that to uh, mssp uh, uh, which which uh was i was uh working for
0: so secure this is up in
1: chicago right uh their headquartered in uh, austin in atlanta oh in atlanta okay yeah. so you were working in atlanta or are you up in chicago i was up in chicago suburbs uh, they have an office here uh okay. so we we have a we have like a sock uh, security operations in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, over there and I worked out there
0: yeah and and we've heard in a couple other speakers talk a little bit about socks and MSSPs and, and and somebody specifically talked about Splunk and and we we went into in depth kind of the the benefits of a sim solution now when you were working back there and you're talking about analyzing logs you're doing it manually you're looking at logs from devices or did you have any type of log aggregation and what kind of devices and, and logs were you looking at for for security incidents so, potentially?
1: Yeah. So uh being an MSSP, they actually have a uh, in-house built program. Um that because we have I'm not the I'm not the only analyst sitting there, right? So there mm-hmm. are anytime 10 to 15 to 20, sometimes 30 analysts sitting there. And all of the the customer or we call it client at the time, uh all the client data comes in through into our system, and it gets um, it gets categorized and it gets uh, processed through a, a series like uh, filters, rules, and and whatnot to qualify them to see if they're benign or they're just informational or if they actually you know give you something to look at. So after all that process is done through that system. Um, the events, we call it the events, uh, each, so not exactly an incident yet, but each event uh, could be could be one log entry or multiple log entry in each event. It gets passed uh, uh, to different analysis, uh, analysts and uh, we have a queue. So each time we'll pick up 30 to 50 events, we look through all of them to see if there are anything interesting of interest. If not, we just pass them through. Um, and they get store and, and log storage. If if they are, we create a ticket and send it to the customer. Uh, sometimes we also call the customer to let them know, hey, such such thing happened. So, um, so you know, doing that twenty four seven. These these uh, socks operates twenty four seven. So I I've done my graveyard shift <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because you do make extra money from you know being. Off-hour people, um, and then I've done, you know, your normal shift, um, and, and like you said, uh, all kinds of logs. So any, any firewall. So with that job, I touch almost every single firewall logs and configuration under under the umbrella. So from your checkpoints, Cisco, Palo Alto, um, the, the major players, the three C's, um, to Juniper uh, the Netscreen, screen, SRX, uh, the ISS stuff, So, which was bought oh, yeah. by IBM, the ISS Provencia and sometimes even SonicWalls, okay. and, and for, for Net. So everything under the umbrella, that's, that's, that's a uh, commercial gray firewall at the time, uh, all kinds of different IDS systems. Um, uh, source, fire, snort, uh, the in-house build products, um, and uh, all the other stuff that you never heard of. Heard of.
0: So it sounds like SecureWorks was doing cloud log aggregation for customers before they had a term for cloud 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 log aggregation.
1: No, not not really a cloud, more private.
0: Okay, but it's going yeah. up into your service, and you're you're keeping the data, you're right. storing it for them, and you're analyzing it. So yep. so, so private that's, cloud. So private cloud. So you that that's kind of cool that at this point. You were the the helper that was off remote someplace, but you still were sending the incidents that you verified that were suspicious or needed more investigating to the, the people who were your customers so that their local people could take care of it and check things out. Right. So, right. so you were um, logging and, and and monitoring and, and, and sending alerts. And, and today, yeah. MSPs a lot of times go further and will fix things um depending on their tools and their contracts with their customers and stuff but
1: yes sir so we do we do have some of that uh we do have a team that manages firewalls for them i mentioned ids for them so i was part of that team too later on um but yeah, it includes all the Windows, the, the Windows logs, the, the Linux logs, the ISS or uh, Apache logs. You know, uh, all, uh, everything they can send to us, we'll, we'll take.
0: Everything that's important to have record of in the event of yep. a security incident. Exactly. Awesome. So yeah. you worked for them for a while. What happened next? Where did you go to after them? You said two years working for
1: them. Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half uh, years. Uh, yeah, two and a half years, and then uh, like two. Uh, on a, by the two-year mark, uh, we got bought out by Dell, uh, mm-hmm. and then Dell came in. Um, they don't know the industry. Uh, they don't know how to manage the, uh, the the programs. So there were some, you know, miss. There were some like misunderstanding, and Dell was not doing well at the time either. Um, if you remember that uh, 2010 timeframe, Dell was not doing well. They were taken. They were and they were taken private. And then, uh, and 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 then brought back to public again, right? So, so they were not doing well. They cut a lot of benefits. So I, I decided, okay, well, I'm not going any further because at MSFT you got a lot of work to do. You don't have time to you know do self improvement or receive training from from work because there's just not enough people. The turnover rate is ridiculous, but that's the norm uh, still um so um uh, i got a job at discover card uh, so they interview me um they, they like they like what i do they, they like the, the attitude that i have which is very important when you go interview for a job you know just remember you don't know everything but you can always learn it
0: right and that's that's the attitude you want to have throughout your entire career if you want to be successful yep.
1: Good. So I went to Discord Card. Uh, they hired me on on as their IDS engineer. So I was deploying Sourcefire boxes uh, all over the place, making they purchase. They're like two Something million dollars the the equipments. So then sorry. I actually know like, oh, these things are very expensive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: then so so tell us tell us what Sourcefire snore. Tell us what an IDS is. And what it does back back then, kind of what were you looking to protect the the your 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 employer from with these devices?
1: So uh, IDS is uh, intrusion detection or intrusion prevention, if you depending on how you set it up. Okay, so you can actually block traffic, not just monitor. So detection is monitor, prevention is actually actively blocking traffic. Now that's the simple part. Um, but configuring correctly is a whole another story. Um, so you had to do uh, if you do want to do prevention, you had to do inline. So it actually drops traffic inline, uh, or you can you can pass it to a, a plugin to tell the firewall to drop the traffic. So, uh, which is slower, but either way. So these devices that they actually inspect the uh, uh, network traffic via a signature base uh it's, it's a series of ip header uh s- or metadata kind of mat uh, matching or uh, regex matching on the network packet okay so so basically if you do a packet capture on your on your on your laptop or network devices you're using, using wireshark or tcp dump TCB dump um, you see basically that's what uh the IDS system is reading depending on.
0: and they're reading all the traffic that's coming across a link. And so this was like, let's say you've got a, your, your company has a a one gig internet link and, and their firewall supports one gig. And then you've got mm-hmm. this IDS or IPS in line behind it before it gets to your network. And, right. and the speed of those things has got to be quick. Um, You know, the, the one thing about security and network security is the further up the, the layers that your device is working at, the more overhead in terms of c- CPU cycles, memory usage, that type of thing, time it takes. Yeah. Um, so so like, you know, tuning rules and and making your IDS and our IPS run efficiently is important or else you've got some sort of really expensive, you know, bottleneck now um, for your internet speed. Yeah, uh,
1: yes, sir. Uh, it's an art. It's oh, an art. Call it, yeah. That's, it's an art.
0: I would agree with you. I would agree with you because uh, there's, it's really a, a complex, uh, a complex undertaking to implement IDS and IPS and and get it to where everybody is happy with how it performs, how it is um, reporting its security events and uh, making the the you know the things actionable after that or or automatically you know. Taking action on security events, and right. with with intrusion detections and intrusion prevention systems, one thing I like to kind of explain is if you think of like a a firewall with packet filtering capabilities, you know, a firewall will typically look at a packet at a time and, dis- and decide this is good, this is bad, based on rules and signatures. And an IDS has the capacity, in most cases, to look at a flow because sometimes in a network-based attack is going to span more than one frame. You know, it may span 5, 10, 15, 100 frames. And so if your firewall is just looking at one frame at a time, it doesn't have that context that the attack's 100 frames long. And so that IDS can look at things in the context of a flow and make decisions that a firewall can't. Um, Did you raise your hand, Nan, or you had something to say? Uh, No. Somebody... Recognize hand gestures. Okay. Somebody have a question? Nope. Okay. Um, okay. So you're working with these IDSs and IPSs um, day-to-day. Is there a lot that you do? Are you moving around the company, implementing them at different locations, or are you kind of tweaking rules and, and monitoring all the time? What was the job like as an IDS, an IDS engineer? Is that what it was? Uh Yes, IDS engineer.
1: So... So technically, uh, almost all of the above. Um, so running around, uh, I actually travel to every single Discover office location in the world, so including uh, London and, and China. Cool. Um, and then install the security devices, right? So uh, monitor, but not the alert. The alerts goes to the SOC. So Discover at the time starting to build their own SOC. Um, this is this is this is like two to three years after I graduated and people are starting to realize okay these MSSPs some some of them are not very good at because they don't have access to your employees does so they can't really determine. Um, a lot of the alerts if they're uh, true positive or false positive, which is very important. So. Um, discover the Time starting to build their own SOC um, so all the alerts go to the SOC uh, and. And go to a sim they call when you mention Splunk. Um, So, um, and I do all the maintenance, report bugs to the to the uh, vendor. Um, One thing you notice that you work with the vendor as part as a partnership because you purchase their product. You're not just you're not just a client or customer. You're actually partnering with them to improve their system uh, and providing feedback. And telling them, hey, this is not working as design, or hey, we want to have this functionality or feature. So that's a good point because
0: throughout my career, there have been a few, uh, a few vendors that I have been working with that, that I worked very closely with that I came to become friends with. You know that you spend mm-hmm. so much time, you may end up spending as much time with that that vendor sales rep or or, or engineer. Helping mm-hmm. to fix problems, and again, like you said, helping you know to discover, <laughs> pun to discover issues uh, with the, the the their their product so that they can fix them for other companies, and that's that that can be um, a good opportunity to learn things that you maybe didn't have the you you wouldn't have if you hadn't gotten that relationship with that that vendor. And I'm I'm specifically thinking about there's a guy named John. Who was based out of a, a St. Louis area, and he helped do this big uh, Cisco voiceover IP deployment. I think we had three hundred phones, and it was a quarter of a million dollars in total, something like that. So it was huge, and it took us months and months and months. and And I learned a ton just shadowing him and, and watching him as he worked on our on our project. Um, yeah. So-,
1: so. So yeah. So just remember when you when you're talking to support engineer, uh, you know, observe and learn. That's and treat important.
0: them, yeah, and treat them with respect. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. there to help in most cases, and and yeah. they are just like you. They they may have been, you know, you may be in that role in your next position, uh, depending. So, yeah. So you you yeah. you you're working with Discover. Um, what happens next?
1: So I, I'm working with discover. I, uh, my role got expanded. So I was doing firewalls. So check chip- on firewalls. I was managing, I started managed to Cisco, any connect, uh, VPN solution for 20,000 users. Wow. Doing deployments. Um, so I was a guy, I became the guy, like if they have a problem call Nan pretty you, much. You were the top, the top security device guy. Yep. I was the guy. If something goes wrong, they call Nan, because guess what? Nan's going to fix it in 10 minutes and and that's a 24/7 job right pretty much um, I was not on call I was see getting getting called because uh if some issues if they don't fix it and like if the call person doesn't fix it in like 10 15 minutes they call the director the, and the manager and then the director if the director is on the phone he probably if he sees us it, oh it's Cisco or any kind of let's call man and I could be out in the boonies doing something without my laptop <laughs> sometimes yeah <laughs> But, yeah, so that become a bit hectic, and, and as you know, every single company have politics. Of course.
0: and and right. one thing the one thing to to say that's special about discover is is PCI.: um, Oh yes. And so PCI, the payment card industry, data security standards, what was it was it like 2.0 back then, the DSS 2.0? I- Maybe, I believe maybe so earlier.
1: I wasn't the guy who was doing the test to date uh doing the audits for, with the auditors okay uh so but early on so I wasn't sure like what version it was so you will have to do an internal audit and an external audit and you have to change vendors every few years
0: so PCI payment card industry and and any organization that that really processes and handles credit cards are supposed yes. to follow these PCI DSS rules um, and and usually there's segregation of who implements versus who tests and like you said quarterly tests or yearly tests and outside audits in order to you know with, with the goal being that if if PCI the payment card industry group has standards for data security that are strong enough and that anybody who works with payment cards Adheres to them, they're going to be kind of doing their due diligence to reduce the likelihood of having some sort of incident or breach. And and you know what that means is getting people's credit card numbers out there in the wild for sale on the dark web and that type of thing, which we don't want happening. So
1: right, those. I those, mean, it's not just your credit card number; it's, it could be your social security, your birthday, your like all kinds could, of information that you need to fill out to open a bank account.
0: Anything that could be you know in in, in that realm, and then. And then, if that stuff does get out, you know, you're basically a bad guy. With that information, is is armed with everything they need to start identity theft. Um, so that's that's a you know that's a scary thought. Um, yeah, that's that's not a
1: good situation.
0: Yeah, and one thing I remember hearing back around that time was that as the the big credit card companies and the big banks were um, were were kind of beefing up and improving their security and and looking at um, transactions that were made with payment cards and being able to run with artificial intelligence and new types of machine learning and looking at different algorithms, it was these improvements that that oftentimes led to the discovery of breaches you know discover card may notice that this person had some fraudulent activity from Romania and this person had some from Romania and this person. And then by, you know, analyzing that together, they may determine that, Oh, all those people who are now having this fraud activity that started at the same time were buying things on eBay at within the same hour. And that might help, you know, your, the, the discover, the the, the credit card or the banking people lead, to finding a a potential breach at another company um, because because they had the standards and they had the security forethought in place before some some other industries did.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and 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 ultimately, the the credit card companies at, at, at risk, right? Um, the liability uh, falls falls on them. That's why the chip the chip cards uh, came out, which was adopted by uh overseas company uh overseas countries for a long time and we just never did uh here in america so the chip cap, the chip uh car is supposed to help with that but but to i mean to understand the situation is the banking industry they don't like changes they you know it's it, it works don't fix it right it's not broken don't fix it so a lot of these uh technologies are running on like 20 year old implementations um so IBM are not designed for and... yeah, they're not designed for security like the IBM mainframes, they don't even support SFTP or SSH. Right. And
0: so and the, yeah, exactly. And and when you only purchased them eight years ago and you plan to you know amortize them over 15 or whatever, you don't want to scrap them, you know, you want to keep those those running because they invest, you know, may may represent a million dollar investment in hardware alone. Exactly. Uh, so so yeah. you learned a lot at Discover Card. You became the top dog in terms of security devices. If something security is broken, we call Nan. What uh, what happened next? Where did you go to after Discover Card, and at what
1: point or what time was that? So after five and a half years, I you know uh, I, I I I got to a point where like I'm not feeling I'm not, I don't feel I'm being challenged in in intellectually uh, uh, or or skill skill wise because. I'm just doing the same thing every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the time, Discover was going into going through like another reorg um so to, to realign the uh, the uh the teams because technology changed so fast. Right. It's it's not a it's not a negative, uh, it's just what was happening at the time. Um, and I got an opportunity to go to uh uh a uh, position where uh I work for, I don't actually directly. I worked for Palo Pal- Alto, but I got opportunity to work for Palo Alto's uh professional services. Mind you, I was a noob at uh Palo Alto's firewalls at the time. I mm-hmm. you know, a minimum, minimum experience from five years ago at SecureWorks. Um, they they talked to me, then I did like five interviews in two days. They like, okay, we like this guy. He can, he can do it. So. They hired me on as a contractor. So I was working for a consulting company that farmed me out to Palo Alto Professional Services. So um so I worked for I worked there for uh for about six months uh on a contract with one of the big oil and gas companies uh down in Houston. Uh and the, the manager at Spelato Network said, Hey, we're going to convert you, uh, as soon as we got to the one year mark. Uh, he found me another contract COVID happens, uh, hiring freeze, <laughs> you know, situation happens. You, you know, you just not at the wrong, you just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. So, so I was working, uh, so I got sent to Wisconsin, up, uh, in the Appleton area, like Green Bay Appleton area. Okay um uh, for this other company that's also a global company uh one of the big customers so, so you were doing- you
0: were working for palo Alto you're working as a contractor for palo alto and you were being sent to appleton as a
1: palo alto services guy uh yep i was uh gotcha. resident engineer they call it so okay. i was up there helping customer doing migrations from checkpoint r80 to palo alto and back in the day it already just released. It was just released and no one on the team at the time had actually had any experience with r80 and except me i had some i had some run-ins with it okay. <laughs> so um i was there helping uh develop a process uh so uh the whole professional services team can use um so the documentation they have on the website now is, is what i provided to our to the Exped- expedition team that built the tool to do migrations and Checkpoint
0: was a leader in in firewall technology for a long time. Yep. Um, I I, had, I haven't seen anything recently about them. Are they they
1: have they rolled over? They're still in the fight. Uh, they just released some new products uh, in the past couple of years that have a lot better performance than and a lot, lot more capabilities than uh, performance wise, like uh, throughput wise than Palo Alto. Okay. <laughs>
0: But Palo Alto around those times when you were in Discover and getting out was really, really moving up in terms of market share. And they kind of coined the next gen firewall term. And with with some of the things that they could do before others, app ID and user ID, and really being able to, you know, with, with internet, with network security, you're you're you come down to making decisions do we allow traffic or do we not allow traffic No, do we allow or do we not deny and right. the more information you can get about that traffic the more intelligent you can make a call as to whether i'll allow or deny and and all of a sudden palo alto was was being able to you know differentiate 15 different you know applications that were not http but were running over http or port 80 commonly and able to pick things out and able to tie in with active directory and able to use all these 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 variables or this metadata and attributes to to make really really granular and specific controlled decisions on your firewall. Like you, you can allow these people that are in the active directory group for marketing, the ability to do social media posting, but these other people can't use social media posting. And then we can let everybody use the, you know, the, the, the free solitaire site during their work lunch hour, but only during that hour and, and just all sorts of cool stuff like that, that they started you know, being able to do which made them a really appealing solution for a lot of companies.
1: Yeah, they were the they were probably one of the first to like all those 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 things you can do with proxies, uh, right? Like at least some of them. But yeah. you have to have multiple different policies on different devices. So Palato was one of the first to to put everything into one box, and it performs. It still performs very well. And uh, everything, and a lot investment.
0: of it's in yeah, a lot of it's in that hardware data plane. Um, which in, in which you know, anytime you do things in hardware, you're you're gonna typically see speed improvement over doing something as software. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. a it's a real need, and that's kind of one of the ones with being in CCDC involved with. We got to see Palo Alto from the get go, and I've been involved in their Palo Alto Academy since since it was really really new um and neat stuff and we like to talk about it around here and we've got a few of them floating around that we play with sometimes
1: right yeah it's it's great product uh it's uh, uh you know so they're they're making innovations like they're the ones that doing a lot a lot more marketing than other other companies they are pushing innovation they are buying products that are good and getting them integrated um so and and they're they're the first one to do the cloud stuff too um uh, in, in, yeah in, wildfire uh, and um uh, and, and they're doing, doing like Azure, Azure deployments, AWS deployments. They were the first ones to go in there. So now they're doing, they're also doing, uh, Kubernetes or uh, container security stuff and IOT. So they are, they are the top near, uh, near the, the founder. He is just out there. He, he does his, he does his, uh, work and vision, uh, very well to push the company forward. So, but anyway, so as I, as I was doing that, you know, COVID happened, hiring freeze. And, uh, my, one of my previous coworkers from SecureWorks, um, he was on a different team. So he was a senior manager here at Align Credit Union, which is where I'm at now, uh, give me a good offer. Um, be, uh, because I couldn't get converted due to the hiring freeze. Uh, there's no, nothing my manager could, could do about it at the time because, you know, he's not the one calling the shots at that, at that point. Right. So I took this, took this gig, um, uh, because being contractors, not, you don't get the, all the full benefits from Palo Alto, Palo Alto is a great company to work for, to be honest. So is discover. Um, so, um, yeah, so now I'm here doing a lot more things because we're a small team, so I get to touch a lot more technology. So, so you get a choice, you go to a big company, you get a, t- you get to focus on some things, but if you get a smaller company, you get to touch a lot more technology, give you a lot more, not a, a lot broader view of the field and you get a lot more experience with all the different technologies and how they work together
0: and and that's something to consider when looking at jobs you know how what what do you you know i i i've known people who have been happy doing the same thing day in and day out for 20 something years and then you know others Uh like like yourself they want to keep growing they want to keep learning when things get slow and and stagnant uh it can be time to move on and and you know that's that is one of the cool things about our industry you know things are changing you always have new opportunities to learn new and more stuff because threats are evolving threat actors are evolving and the technologies to 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 find those threats and protect against them and research about them is is also evolving so you've had uh you've had some good experiences what's a day-to-day like for you at, uh, Alliant?
1: Oof, I I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that runs around doing different things all day. Um, so I'd be running around, like, for example, in the morning, I could be in a meeting talking about data, like data center migration, uh, scripting, like writing, writing Python, Python script to hell with like, if they want to sh- change IP space, uh, you know, so I write a script, go on a firewall, pull all the, all the objects out uh find the objects within the ip space they want to they want to they want to move and then do that change and then and 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 on a firewall so i don't have to do it manually you got thousands of objects and a couple thousand lines of rules between different firewalls so you know to do that manually is taxing and highly prone to human error so exactly so you go and write a script it takes you a couple of days maybe three um, and it does the job for you.
0: Uh, and, and that's, you know, before we started recording, we were talking with John about programming and scripting and, and Python. And, you know, those those types of, of skills, that knowledge um, to be able to do a – to write a script um, and, and have it save time and confirm that it's accurate um, makes you look good, right? It makes you really yep. shine. It's a cool thing to have. People are thinking like – but wow, the one thing that
1: when, when, when them remember when they say, "Hey, how long do you need whatever you think, times three? Times three. Okay. I'll get this done one day in my head three weeks.: Something like that. yeah. <laughs> because you never know what's going to happen. you going get you, you will get sidetracked. It's, right. not, it's not if it's, it's when, when and- you will get sidetracked.
0: Exactly. And, you know, and especially on a small team, you have lots of things that you might be pulled in to help with. And and when you yeah. when you are one of the senior folks who's got the experience, people rely on you. And, you know, when they come to you, it's oftentimes a pretty quick thing that needs to be looked at.
1: Yeah. So so I mean, I mean I get to touch like email security. Like, oh, these people are doing this to to bypass Dante's spoofing, for example, or DMARC or SPF, if you've never heard of those. You can look it up um DMARC market spf are used to verify if if the sender is like the, the the source server is is allowed to send uh email uh from this domain pretty mm-hmm. much that that's what that means so um, some
0: some of the some of the things that have improved email security in the last like five to eight years i'd say yeah
1: um, but but still there are uh there are some companies that figure out a way to bypass that um using certain ways of you know setting a header
0: gotcha right and and this is this goes back to spam and sending out you know um targeted emails with phishing and spear phishing and and spoofing the source
1: spoofing the sources yeah so so it looks like it's coming from your internal server but it's not to the end user Mm -hmm. right it makes it difficult to investigate yeah another important thing is that you know PKI, at least know the basics of how it works. And public key yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. So your certificates and whatnot, right? So, yeah, I learned a lot from this current job. Um, and, you know, uh, one important thing is that, hey, you, you don't just accept that you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Accept that and just go out and learn, go and learn new things, learn, learn something new every day. Uh, you don't actually have to go out and look for it, but you will learn something new every day.
0: Cool. So there, there, there's something in here that says you worked on a large migration project for Palo Alto. You want to oh, tell yes. us a little bit about that?
1: Uh, that was at, uh, at the company, the, the Palo Alto customer, I can't tell you because, uh, DNA. But, in, uh, uh, in Appleton or in, in, in. Yeah. in Appleton. So, okay. Uh, I can't tell you who it is because, because DNA, uh um do not disclose
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, sorry ndr yes. sorry ndr <laughs> or i forgot the N- nda yeah. non-disclosure nda yeah non-disclosure sorry so uh i was there um they were buying hundreds of firewalls to deploy all over the world because they are a global company they have locations all over the world uh, you, you'll probably use their product every day, or at least use it before. Um, they have, they have machines that are controlled by PLC controllers, um, uh, that if they lose connection, the machine might spin out of control and kill someone potentially. Uh, and it has happened that someone got seriously injured. So okay. thinking about that migrating firewall in that environment. Just think about that. If your firewall doesn't work correctly, they bring stuff up. The machine spins out of control. Uh, best case, it just caused a couple million dollars of damage. Worst case, someone get killed.
0: And this is the cyber-physical threat we're talking about now. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's you know, just the other day there was there was a report of uh, in Iran a a IoT SCADA type attack, industrial control systems attack that caused a steel mill to have some explosions. Yeah.
1: And those those things are not designed with security in mind. Um, exactly. So so some of them, if you just ping them, you just send a ping packet, it crashes.
0: And and that is you know that's the uh, that that is partially because the IoT is been rushed to market in a lot of cases by just slapping on some microcontroller that can accept an IP address and do a little TCP IP onto some million dollar device
1: that wasn't an internet device and now it is. Yep. Yeah. But so the project was big, so, uh, we were trying to get the customer, uh, on time, so they're not delayed. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the devices they bought were a little small, uh, when we while we were converting their, their policy from SharePoint to, to a Palo Alto, they had groups that with one members, they just, they just want to do groups in all the rules It makes it easier when you need to add things to a group, mm-hmm. but Palato devices, they, they have a limit on certain devices. Um, the smaller limits of certain devices are a higher limit of how many group, address groups you can get. Okay. You can Implement. So they obviously exceeded that. So we have to play. Here's where Python came in to play again. Okay. <laughs> I, I wrote a script uh, that goes in, pull the, uh, the XML config file. Look at all the objects that's in there. Okay, all the address group. Uh, find the ones that's only got one object in there. Pull it out. Put it in a rule. And then save the file. And then all they need to do is just load that um, configuration into Panorama and push it out to the firewall.
0: So again, being able to write a script saves time, saves money, prevents errors and Mm -hmm. a a good skill to
1: have in your back pocket as a security engineer, for sure. Yeah. So, so that, so I think they're probably still using that script uh, right now, doing a migration. I I think they're almost done probably. The contract was for three years with two uh, REs. Um, So, so yeah, I was there for a bit, uh, and, and then I came to the current job. So, and, and, we also did some troubleshooting for some STP, uh, uh, Pilato have the function called VLAN rewrite, VLAN ID rewrite, but they don't participate in STP. So that also causes issues when firewall fails over. Okay. Uh, I, I wouldn't go into detail to it as it's related to the bridge ID, uh, for election. Okay. A spanning root, tree. Root bridge uh, yeah root bridge uh, election you can look at that um so basically um when it, it when when the firewall doesn't participate in that uh root id uh kind of manipulation it costs uh when the firewall fails over it causes the firewall to participate in the and the in the bridge uh, election so it causes sdp to reconverge and it starts losing packets for a moment and nobody wants good. Nobody wants packets lost. Yes. That you got, you got, you got those paper mills, especially.
0: Uh, all right. Let's, um Let's let's wrap up. Cause we're getting close to the end of our time. Yep. Uh, questions. Any of you have questions? All right. Don't be shy. <laughs> they sometimes they'll give me questions afterwards that I can email mm-hmm. you with, but, but now we're going to do, you remember Paul's paul.com paul security weekly podcast? No, no, never listen that. All right, so I've got yeah. my my rapid fire five questions for you. Are you ready? Sure. What is your favorite food, restaurant, cuisine, type of food to
1: eat? Currently, I don't the 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 first thing I think of Seventeenth Street.
0: 17th street down here in murfreesboro southern illinois and there have been a few others that have popped up that have claimed to be as good so if you're down this way you've got to try
1: some of the others out yeah i'll definitely uh contact you and we can meet up and have some barbecue eat some
0: barbecue right on those bike trails Mm -hmm. all right number two is there a book tv movie podcast that is about technology that you really enjoyed or would recommend to, to their class
1: movie tv
0: show podcast
1: um i i not really Um, uh, i don't watch a lot of tv to be exact i do watch some youtube videos um uh if you say website i say free say that again free
0: code camp. free
1: okay free code camp okay i've heard of that work or or check i o um uh, both, both pretty, pretty good uh, places where you can practice your skills.
0: Okay. Scripting. Okay. Is there a technology either at home or at work that uh, you've kind of had your eye on that you'd like to play around with when you get a chance? Something new. Mm,
1: something in cloud because that's where everything is going. Just cloud. Or it is going. Okay. Any specific type of cloud? Did you? Uh, you know, AWS, Azure. Okay. Uh, uh, or, or you know, containers, Docker, then Kubernetes. Kubernetes, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, what do you see happening in your
1: career in life in the next five to ten years? Moving, uh, moving up to either architect or management, or maybe into sales. Okay, sticking around Chicago. Uh, could be. Okay.
0: And lastly, last question, and then we'll call it a day. If you could retire today and money was no object, you could do anything you wanted to do, what would you do?
1: I would travel to the country. Travel the US? Yep, travel to the country with my bike. With your bicycle?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I mean, not on my bike, but bring with my your, bike along.
0: With your bike, so you can drive places and then stop out and ride the cool spots.
1: Yeah, because you, get, you can get to places quicker on a bike. Um, so you make your trip uh, out in the woods uh, shorter what is uh what kind of bike you ride uh i have a specialized enduro
0: cool i think mine's a specialized i can't remember what it is but awesome well it has been great nan we really appreciate having folks like you with uh lots of experience lots of neat things you've done um it's cool seeing my my former students being so successful and being so willing to to give back and share their expertise so i really appreciate that nan yeah. Um. With that, I think we'll we'll wrap up and we'll say goodbye. Thanks again, Nan. I Thank hope that we can talk again soon. I may hit you up for talking in another class if there's specific things because we d- we do some in Palo Alto this fall, so that might be something interesting too.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I uh, I uh, if you need uh, me to talk about some of, some of the stuff, some some of the quirks and and whatnot, let me know. We'll do that. Uh, yeah. If if uh, if any any of the guys that is looking for internships okay uh discover uh have an internship that you you should apply if you're doing next year summer they've you got apply a good this september they've got a really
0: mature internship pro- program right
1: yep okay uh, discover card uh around september time frame is where you sh- when you should start applying so start looking around like august this year
0: okay we'll make sure we get yeah. that shared out too thanks nan have a good mm-hmm. rest of your day good talking to you take care buddy
1: thank you you too
0: See you, everybody.